Good morning. So good to have you here. Uh, on the day that the Lord has made, uh, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, we want to welcome those who are watching on Zoom. Uh, we're glad that you're uh, a part of our worship as well. A uh, couple of announcements um, to be made today. Uh, one is, well, actually two thank you notes that I want to read. Uh, one is from uh, Sharon's sister, Diane. Uh, it says, I would like to thank everyone for their thoughts and prayers and cards during my illness. It is nice to know that so many people care. Uh, and it's from Diane. And so um, also Lois Leonard says, to my church family, thank you for the Easter cards. Things are opening up a bit at our facility. Uh, and they've taken good care of Let's see. Things are opening. I should have read this before. Thank you for your support. Don't mind that the bishop's here, but thank you so much. Thank you for the Easter cards. Things are opening up a bit. Our facility has taken good care of this. Um, Thank you for the prayers. And uh, my prayers are with you as we all seek God's direction for the days ahead. And that is from Lois um, Leonard. Also, if you have checked your mailboxes, you will find that we have uh, a mission fundraiser going on. Uh, the sticky buns are being sold now. Uh, it is, they're on sale now, right? On sale now. Um, the cost is four fifty for each, right? Or ten for two? No, I'm sorry. Just wanted to see if people were paying attention when I do announcements. It's four fifty or nine for two. What it? Four fifty. <laughs> You're going to have to add on your own because it's four fifty each. Period. Dot. Dot. Don't get into math, right? Okay. But they're in your box, and they would be delivered on Thursday, May 6th. Um, And I think we'll have the time and stuff listed uh, in our newsletter, and I'll go into that more uh, next week. So uh, today, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do your uh, introduction now, Bruce. I'm just saying. I'm sorry, Bishop. Anyway. I enjoyed this way too much. I know I'm going to get it later, so I might as well just do it now. So uh, we're glad to have Bishop Bruce and Gloria Hill with us today. Um, Actually, we've we've known each other for a long time. We were, actually, Kathy and I and our family were members of his church and uh, community, EC Church, and that's actually my home church in the EC Church. And so it was Bruce who sponsored me. Uh, It was his church that sponsored me to become a pastor. He's been my coach for 13 years. Yeah. And he has this this little fun thing. How, How many of you know that I'm not a morning person? Everyone should know by now I'm not a morning person. So my coach, my friend, for 13 years... Every month we meet together, and the joy in his life is to get me up at 7.30 in the morning to have breakfast with him. So thank you. And my Christmas present, however, is to actually have lunch. So anyway, uh, he is a, he's a very good friend and uh, a man uh, after God's own heart. And so uh, we, we joke a lot, but he has been um, very good to me and my family, and he's... Um, uh, I think a, a pretty good uh, bishop. D- um, do I get a raise now? Because you told me to say that. Oh, and and bishop, you're you're actually. This is no. You have one more year. One more year. So, but we're electing a, a bishop at conference, but filling out in. Okay, so an, another year. Correct. Okay. 
Yay! I'm excited, yeah. I know. You saw that round of applause. Yay! So one more year! You got one clap. Anyway, we are excited for, for him to, to be here and for Gloria. Uh, and you have grandkids with you. You want to introduce your grandkids? No? Okay, well, we're glad that you guys are here with us. So, listen to this call to worship. Shout with the joy, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, sing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He has made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give, him, give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Amen and amen. Would you please stand as we sing? Hello? Okay. So we're starting with one that uh, I, it's a new song that I wanted the band, the band to do um, around Easter. Um, because it's about resurrection, and it's really about, it's about the resurrection of Lazarus and our resurrections. Um, because Jesus, rising from the dead on Easter, has given us the, the promise of new life as well. And it's a song about how, in some, in some ways, we, have, um, we can live an, an, a resurrected life right here and, and, and now, as we rate the, the ultimate resurrection in the last day. So, um, uh, Rich, I guess you're starting this. <laughs> In the dark and all alone Growing comfortable Are you too scared to move And walk out of this tomb? Buried underneath the lies that you believed Safe and sound, stuck in the ground Too lost to be found You're just asleep And it's time to leave Come on and rise up Take a breath, you're alive now Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us out from the grave like Lazarus Your brand new power of death couldn't hold you Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us Out from the grave like Lazarus Rise up Rise up Out from the grave like Lazarus when he said your name, everything that filled your veins is more than blood, it's a kind of love that washes sin away. Now the door is open wide, the stone's been rolled aside, the old is gone, the light has come, so come on and rise up, take a breath, you're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us Out from the grave like Lazarus Your brand new power of death couldn't hold you Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us Out from the grave like Lazarus Rise up Rise up Out from the grave like Lazarus Calling us to walk out of the dark He's given us new resurrected hearts Oh, He's calling us to walk out of the dark He's given us new resurrected hearts Come on and rise up Take a breath, you're alive now Can't you hear the voice of Calling us out from the grave like Lazarus, your brand new power of death couldn't hold you. Can't 
to hear the voice of Jesus calling us out from the grave like Lazarus. Rise up, rise up, rise up, out from the grave like Lazarus. I can't stand up here without saying something while Daniel's making his way to the piano. Jeff, would you uh, record that and, and, and sing it to me every morning so I <laughs> wake me up every morning? I need to. I need a wake up. I need a wake up song. Anyway, we're going to sing a, an old familiar one from the Purple Book. Remember these? <laughs> yeah. Um, Our God Reigns and. That's so true. It's, it's a wonderful message, and we need to rise up and, and tell it. So.
be seated. You know, Judy, when, when you had said that, you know, it's an old song, I, I saw the copyright, it's 74 and 78. I don't think, I don't think that's, that's, that's so old, so just... Okay. But I, I do like that, so thank you. Um, and thank you to the praise team. Um, so I enjoyed that first song, too. We're going to have to do that uh, again sometime, so thank you. Uh, everyone. And uh, Gary, thank you for the horn over there. I, I kind of like that. Spur of the moment, but I, I like that. So, so um, as, as we go to the time um, in prayer, uh, let me just give you uh, an update uh, on Pastor Rob. Uh, this was on Friday that there there was a couple of days, this is from Kim, there, there was a couple of days where there was no improvement. Um, he's still being sedated. Uh, he is on a ventilator and he is on a feeding tube. Um, he does have a low-grade temp- temperature, uh, but uh, some patients in ICU run that. Um, but he, he needs our prayers. Uh, he is... Um, um, it's just a dangerous time. So please keep Rob and Kim in your prayers. Any other prayer concerns or praises that you have? We have some mic runners that will run around if you have any. Amy, do you have any from? This isn't from Zoom, okay. but from our family. We celebrated a birthday this week, and Nathan is now 15. So less than a year from driving, so watch out. Happy birthday, Nathan. I just saw the look that he gave you, so we're praying for you too. So anyway, happy birthday, Nathan. Sam? Uh, My wife and I would like to thank everyone for their cards and their gifts of food this past two weeks. Uh, My wife is responding very well to her therapy, and uh, she's on the, the road to healing, and we give God all the praise. Good. Uh, and it was good to see uh, Joyce and you last week. It was, uh, she was back to, well, she still has a long way, but she was smiling and a little bit better than, than what the pain that she had been in. So we're, we're praising the Lord that that has relieved and that she's making recovery. Georgine? Uh, yes, we have been praying for Julie Shirk and Jordan uh, Her. And I just wanted to bring you up to date. Julie is not improving right now. She is still in the same status she was. She's still in the hospital. Uh, She still has the trach. And uh, she really needs lots and lots of prayers. Uh, There's a lot of lung damage. And uh, therefore, uh, she can't even uh, go for therapy or anything yet. So please keep Julie in your prayers. Okay. And then I have a praise for Jordan. Jordan has a lymphoma, and he had a CAT scan uh, this past week, and it did show some improvement. So we're very thankful, and he thanks you for his, all your prayers for him, and he appreciates it, and he said, please continue to pray. I still have a way to go, but God is good. Well, we'll keep praying for Julie and uh, Jordan. Um, and uh, pray for healing. Any other prayer? Oh, okay. I would just like ask for prayers for Amanda's co-worker's mom. She was recently diagnosed with brain cancer. With so what type of cancer? Brain cancer. Brain cancer. Okay, we will pray for Amanda's co-worker. Is there a name? Uh, no, no name at this point. Yes, Debbie. Could I have uh, prayers for my son? He's going in for surgery on his neck this week. What's your son's name? Donald. Donald. We'll pray for Donald. Pray for healing for that surgery. Okay. Any other prayer concerns? Oh, Amy. Yes. Yes. Okay, this is from Carrie Becker. She says... Please pray for her student, Jackson Call, um, his family, that he died in a tragic 
car accident this past week, and he was a sixth grader at her middle school. We will uh, certainly pray for for Jackson's family. Uh, that is a, a terrible thing, and and for the friends uh, of Jackson as well, because that's um, and that's a blow. And so we'll keep them in prayer. Any other concerns? Did you? any others? Then let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, there are so many things that when we come into this place that we're thankful for. One, just after Easter, we we think of is your son. Because of your son, we are here. Because of your son, our sins are gone. We have been redeemed. And so, Lord, we truly are grateful. And, Lord, we humbly ask for your forgiveness for our sins to make us new once again so that we can go out into this world to be your witnesses for all the things that you have done. So Lord, let us be the light to someone who needs us. So Lord, we pray for those who have celebrated birthdays, for anniversaries. We lift up those who are recovering from illness and surgeries. Lord, we pray for those who have a long way to go. That, Lord, we don't know the answers, but you do. And, Lord, it's dangerous when we pray your will, but, Lord, you are good. And all the things you bring about are good. And so, Lord, we put those who we are praying for today in your hands. And we trust you because you've given us hope. You've given us new life. We have our very souls in your hands. And so, Lord, we trust you and believe in you. And so, with that hope, we pray for healing. We pray for those that are hurting. We pray for those who have surgeries and test results coming up. Lord, we pray for good results. And, Lord, we grieve as well when those are taken from us, but also those who are very young. Lord, we ask for your, we just ask for your mercy and your peace upon this family to lose a child so young. Surround the family, Lord, and surround those who knew him and give them peace. So Lord, we lift up now our concerns and our praises. We lift up those that remain those things that remain in our hearts, and we present all this to you and pray this in your Son's most holy name. Amen. The scripture uh, today um, that Bruce will be preaching on is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And it says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Amen.
Good morning. Good morning. I'm going to put this in my pocket or I'll forget it and leave it there and then you'll have to sanitize the whole sanctuary and everything. It's good to be with you today and uh, to spend this time in worship. It might be kind of dreary outside, but it's nice and bright and warm and uh, everything in here. It is a joy to be able to, to be with you and to see Kathy. Um, if, you, if you know about uh, Charles' ministry history, he, he did move from... Um, originally from Georgia and, and, you know, ended up here in Pennsylvania and came to Community Church in Sinking Spring where I was pastor and um, he, he felt the Lord was leading him somewhere else and so we, as a denomination, asked him to go to California. Unfortunately, he went to Morgantown um, <laughs> and, and so we've had him as a neighbor for a long time. Um, but it is a, a joy to be here with, as he would say, y'all, um, so that uh, we can worship together and to look at God's Word. And I bring you greetings not only from Gloria and I and two of our nine grandchildren, um, but uh, bring you greetings from an extended family that, that really does extend. I mean, we talk about extended family all around the world, um, from Japan and, you know, to, to Mexico. Um, and it's, it's neat to know that when we gather together, and this is something I always just find very encouraging, for me anyway, and, and I hope it is for you, that when we gather together here in the United States to worship, um, most of the EC world has already worshipped. I mean, it starts in Japan, and then moves to Northeast India, and then Nepal, and then um, in Liberia, and Ghana, and West Africa, and, and eventually gets to Mexico. But that means... I mean, most of the EC world has already done their Sunday morning worship, and, um, and they've prayed for us. So when we gather together on a Sunday morning, we have been bathed and prepared in prayer. And I always just find that very encouraging to know that, that there are so many people that are, care about us and are praying for us, because we are connected and we need to understand that. As the EC Church, yesterday, Saturday, Friday, all day Friday and Saturday, I, uh, yesterday and the day before, I, I um, facilitated the uh, EC History and Polity class. And um, so my voice is a little gravelly because I've, I've just talked a lot in the last couple of days. But um, we are a connectional denomination. We are connected to each other because of who we are. And that's what I want us to think about today from this just very brief passage, one verse, so you're figuring one verse, I mean, how long can this sermon be? Well, we'll see. Um, But just one verse of scripture that we'd like to look at as Peter addresses a church that is scattered all around the Roman Empire. You've all heard the statement, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? You've heard that. And that really is true. I mean, there's a reason we have those old sayings. It's because they often are based in truth. And we can pick almost any time in the history of God's people and see that. I mean, you go back to Daniel, you know, Daniel and the lion's den guy, who was carried off into slavery from Israel and told, you now have to conform to this culture that has enslaved you. You need to dress like we dress. You need to take on all of the customs that we have. You need to worship the things that we worship. You need to even eat the food that we eat. And that was a struggle for Daniel. He said, wait a minute. I can't do that because of who I am. I mean, we see that in um, the early church. These people that Peter's writing to lived in the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire wanted everybody to conform to its standards, to live according to its rules, to take on its customs. If the Roman Empire said, this is the way it had to be, that's the way it had to be. That's what you had to do. That's the way you had to live. That's what you had to believe. You had to worship Caesar as God. 
They said, the things that are normal for us have to now be normal for you. And Peter said, that doesn't work for the followers of Jesus Christ because of who we are. And there is a very real sense at times today where many of us feel like, you know, we're foreigners in a foreign land, that our country, our world, our culture has changed. And yet, the more it changes, the more it stays the same. The world's culture tries to squish us, to form us into its image. And say, if you're going to get along, you have to believe the things we believe. You have to live the way we tell you to live. You have to do the things that we do. And at that point, we as followers of Jesus Christ say we can't do that because of who we are. And so Peter says for us, like those early Christians, or even for Daniel, we need to know who we are. And he describes who we are in just four very brief phrases, or even, in some cases, just words. And we find them there in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And he says, first of all, you need to remember that you are a chosen people. Now, the language scholars, I'm not one of them. I went to seminary like Charles. And, you know, for most of us that go to seminary, we, we, you have to take Greek, you have to take Hebrew. Yeah, you know, and we know enough just to kind of make us dangerous, as they say. You know enough to put a positive spin on it, to know what the bright books are to look at. And the language scholars tell us that here he's being very emphatic. I mean, it's almost like Peter is pointing out each one of us and saying, you are chosen, you are chosen, you are chosen, you are chosen. We are chosen by God. Now, again, one of these things that happens at seminary is that when we see that word chosen, we start to fight over it as theologians. What does that mean? And there are some theologians who say, well, that means that, that God is in charge of everything and, and, and so he decides who's going to be saved and who he decides who's going to go to hell. And we would call them today Reformed theologians. They used to be called Calvinists. They don't like that anymore. They want to be called Reformed. And then on the other side are those that say, well, yeah, God chooses, but we still have free will and those are the Arminian theologians and that's where the EC church falls but I think when we divide into those camps and start fighting over that word, we lose what Peter was really trying to say. Because what he's saying is that this all starts with God. That God didn't have to love us. But that God decided that he would love us. That God decided that he would offer us mercy and grace. What an amazing truth. I mean, we realize that we're all sinners, saved by grace. That none of us is perfect. None of us deserves God's blessing. None of us deserves God's love. He, we couldn't give enough money. You know, I support. I mean, we gave our offering this morning. It's a good thing. Tithes and offering. It's a form of worship. It's a good thing to come to church. And if you can't come to church and physically be here, it's a good thing to go online and watch it. It's a good thing to be involved in ministries. It's a good thing to read the Bible. All of these things are good things, but we can't do them enough to earn God's mercy and grace. He has chosen to reveal Himself to us in Jesus Christ. And we need to understand how blessed we are as people. I mean, I realize we all have miserable days. We all have days that we think are going to be okay, and all of a sudden there's a phone call from the doctor's office. There's a phone call from a friend that something has gone wrong, and it, and it stinks. And yet, we are blessed by God to receive mercy and grace. What an amazing truth to know right at the very beginning 
that God has chosen to offer to you, to each one of us, mercy, grace, and love. We are a blessed people, and we need to remember that. Not only that, though, he says, but you are royal priests. Each one of us is a royal priest. Now, how many of you, when you were driving to church today, felt like royalty? Yeah, not so much. I mean, really? How many of you, when you're driving to church today, or when you walked into church, felt like a priest? Not really. I mean, you, none of, I'm looking around. I can see all of you. None of you have one of those, you know, funny collars like priest wears. Yeah. I mean, I'm the bishop and I don't have one. I don't even have a pointy hat. <laughs> so what is he trying to say when he says, again, emphatically, the language scholars tell us, pointing at each one of us, you're a royal priest, you're a royal priest. Well, I think what he's trying to say is we need to remember what a priest does. First of all, we're royal in the fact that we are adopted into God's family and God is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? He is. Well, if I'm adopted, if you're adopted, if each one of us is adopted into his family, that makes us royalty, which means there needs to be a family resemblance. I'm sure each one of you, at some point or another, have been told well, you know, he's like his dad. Or he's like his mother. Or she's like, you know. Right? We see that family resemblance. Sometimes in physical characteristics, hair color, or, or the shape of our face, or our nose, or whatever it is. Or sometimes it's in characteristics. Well, Peter's saying that we are royalty. We're a part of God's family. And so we come from that royal family and we are to act like God. Doesn't mean to be in charge of everything, but to have His characteristics, to bear His resemblance, and to be priests. Well, what did a priest do in the Old Testament times? That's what have been the priests that they thought of when Peter wrote this. What did a priest do? He represented God and represented the people at the same time. He really was someone who was a connector, a joiner, someone who would bring together God and people. There were times when a priest would go to God and say, Father, remember the family resemblance? Father, these people need your help. These people need healing. These people need encouragement. These people need mercy and grace. We still do that. We just, Charles just did that. What do we call it? Intercessory prayer. That as priests, we have the ability to go to our dad. That's almost sounds sacrilegious to us, but that's what, that's what scripture says. To go to our dad and say, dad, these people are really struggling. Can you help them out? Can you heal this person? Can you bless this person? Encourage this person. Help in some way. And then also, the priest not only went between from the people to God, but from God to the people to say, this is what God's up to. This is what God desires of us. This is what God expects of us. The royal priests, the family of God, that's each one of us, who bring God and other people closer together. That's our job. That's who we are, even more than just our job. So he says, you're chosen people. God has revealed himself to you and offered you mercy and grace and love and brought you into his family so that you can represent him. You can bring people closer to God and God closer to the people. And then he says, you are a holy nation. Now, we'll get Charles's attention here. 
the Bible scholars tell us, the language scholars tell us, that there is a change in the language, in kind of the, the pronouns that Peter would use here. Now, we know that Peter was from northern Israel, up around the Galilean area. But if he'd have been from southern Israel, or if he'd been from Georgia, he'd have said, y'all are a holy nation. Or actually, the plural of y'all is... All y'all, come on, how long have you been away from Georgia? A long time. Uh, well, go back. <laughs> but leave Kathy here. Yeah, here the language goes tell, you, tell us he's really saying all y'all, that together we are something as well. You see, there is an individual aspect of following Jesus Christ. I mean, every person must accept Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. A personal decision. But after that Jesus and me moment, it becomes a Jesus and we moment. Because we now form a holy nation. A new people, a new tribe, a new family. Now, if you don't feel much like royalty today, you don't feel much like priests today, how many of you feel like you're holy today? Yeah, not so much either. Did you know that the word in Scripture that is most often defined as holy does not mean to be perfect? Now, obviously, there are words to, that are translated holy in the Bible that do mean perfect. English is, doesn't have a, the right enough words. But the word that is most often translated holy in Scripture and the word that is here translated holy really means to be set apart. And so Peter says, you are Chosen by God. God has chosen to reveal His mercy and His love to you. God has has called you to be His representatives in this world. As a part of His family. To bring people closer to God. And together, He has called you to be set apart to serve Him. Now we know that Jesus was perfect. In his holiness. I mean, Jesus was sinless. He was also set apart. We see that aspect of holiness in his life as well. I mean, two quick examples. The first example is when he's 12 years old. They, the family goes to Jerusalem for the holiday. Remember that account? They go to Jerusalem. He's 12 years old. They head back up to Nazareth at the end of the holiday. They get to the first day of travel. They're getting together for supper. Mary, Joseph... Their other children, the extended family, all the pilgrims heading back towards um, the Galilean area, and all of a sudden they discover Jesus isn't there. I mean, can you imagine being Mary and Joseph? He's 12 years old, so it's been a while, but this this is Jesus, you know, of the shepherds and the angels and the wise men and all of that. How do you explain to God you just lost him? He was here a minute ago. They go back to Jerusalem. They search for him for three days in the big city. These are people that live in the countryside of the Galilean Sea. They go back into the big city that's crowded with people because of the holiday. They search for three days. They finally find him at the temple. And Mary says, you're freaking us out. What in the world are you doing? And what's Jesus' answer? Don't you know why I'm here? I'm set apart to do my father's work. Right? Fast forward 20 years in his life. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and sweat like great drops of blood is, are pouring off of him. And he realizes, he understands the pain and the suffering that will be a part of, of his humiliation and his passion and the crucifixion. And his death. And he says to God the Father, if there's a different way to do this, I'm good with that. But, not my will, but yours. That's being set apart. 
So Peter says we need to remember who we are because we are not like the rest of culture. We are not like the rest of the world. We are not about pleasing ourselves. We are not about getting my way or my agenda. It's about His and doing His will. And we do that together as a new tribe, a new family, a new nation. And then the fourth one he says is we are God's very own possession. Now I realize it. I mean, slavery doesn't make any sense to me or to us. It's abhorrent. It's, it, we, you just can't even imagine that it would be justified in any way or sense. The reality is that Scripture says that we're either going to serve ourselves, we're either going to serve sin, or we're going to serve God. It's one or the other. The Scripture tells us that when we come to faith in Christ, we have been bought with a price. The blood of Jesus Christ. The good news, that means that we are His And he is ours. And God takes care of what's his. I mean, there are days in this world and in this culture that we wonder if God's paying attention, if God knows what he's doing, if God even cares anymore. Have you ever had those days, those nights? Peter says you need to remember that God does care because he's paid the highest price that could ever be paid. The blood of his son. That's an amazing truth. That's, friends, that's who we are. But the next question is, so what does that mean? Is is that so that we can walk around, you know, with our chest puffed out and say, I'm all that? I mean, I worked at a, I worked, when I was in high school, I grew up in the Lehigh Valley area, Allentown, Bethlehem area, and I worked in a bookstore, a Christian bookstore when I was in high school. Now, for those of you that don't understand this, there was a time that you could actually go in a building and they had books in a shelf. <laughs> Lots of them. This was before Amazon and Christian book distributors and all of that. You could touch them. And we sold Bibles. As I said, it was a Christian bookstore. And the Bibles all looked... You know, similar to this, they were leather. They had nice gold edges on them and pages that you couldn't really turn because they were so thin. And one of the things that often happened was, we offered, was we would emboss somebody's name on the outside of it. Some of you may have Bibles that are like that with you today or at home. And I remember one gentleman came in and I said to him, what would, you, would you like your name embossed on the outside of the Bible? And he said, yes. And I said, what do you want on it? His answer stunned me. I thought, because you have to, you know, the owner said you have to get it right because if you don't, you now own this Bible with somebody else's name misspelled on it. And I said, what do you want on the outside of your Bible? Now, I'll, I'll pick on Charles yet again, but it, it certainly wasn't him. The, the guy said, I want King Charles Walker on the outside of it. I said, you want King Charles Walker? Yep, that's what he wanted. He bought two Bibles. He bought one for his wife. I said, what do you want on the outside of that Bible? Queen Kathy Walker. That one I kind of understand. But king? Come on, seriously? I mean, maybe prince? I, you know, duke? Uh, I don't know. Is that, is that why it's important for us to remember who we are? I mean, he's gone, the Holy Spirit has said, this isn't Peter talking, this is the Holy Spirit saying, you, all of us, each one of us, are a chosen people, royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession, so that we can say we're all that plus a bag of chips. No, he says it right there. So, as a result, we can show others the goodness of God. Because he's called you out of the darkness of this world into his light. Friends, I, th- I think, you know, 
when I look at our world today, when I look at our culture, turn on the news, pick up the newspaper, whatever, however you get your news, this is a dark, lost culture. This is a world that doesn't even know if God exists. Doesn't even believe that God exists. I don't see when I pick up the well, I don't buy a newspaper, sorry if you work for the Lebanon or Harrisburg newspaper. When I look online at the news, I don't see any goodness at all. If there ever was a time and a culture that needed to hear goodness, it's ours. If there's ever a time or a culture that needed to know the goodness of God, it's ours. And for too long, I'm afraid that the church has been known about the walls that we build rather than the bridges that we build. And about what we're against rather than what we're for. Mercy and grace. My friends, if this culture looks at the church today, and I'm not talking about this building. If this culture looks at us today, and doesn't see the goodness of God, they never will. If instead they see a political party, or instead they see a cause that we're fighting against, or they see something else, anything else, other than the goodness of God, we've lost view of the kingdom. And that's why it's important to know who we are. Because we have a a mission. We have a job. It's to show people the light of Jesus Christ. It's to show people the goodness of God, the wonderful grace of God expressed in Jesus. And the only way they're going to see it is because of who we are. And really, it's not even because of that. It's because of whose we are. The children of God, chosen people, royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession let me pray for you Father God as we bow before you now I'm thankful for your great love that you have chosen to reveal yourself to us but that that means that we have an amazing responsibility to live out the goodness of God I'll admit, Lord, that that we as a church haven't always seen ourselves that way as needing to live out goodness in real ways, practical ways, letting people see how good and gracious, how merciful God is, how much God loves. Help us to do that, Lord. I pray that you would help First EC Church here in Palmyra to do that. I'm thankful for Charles and his wisdom and his vision. I'm thankful, Lord, for the leadership that he provides to this congregation and ask that you would be with he and Kathy as they continue to provide wisdom as they find new ways to let people see the goodness of God. That we care about individuals. We care about people. Father, continue to bless Charles and Kathy. Protect them. Encourage them. And be with the entire leadership team here, Lord, at First Church. May we never forget who we are because of whose we are. And may we always live out the goodness of God For I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, stay up here. Yes, sir. We, we have to social distance. Uh, I do like the King Charles. I, I, I like, like that. that. So, no, I'm not going to have you do it because you wouldn't do it. Um, so, part of the re- revelation and response I was asking uh, Bruce about this is that we, we take a time to actually ask, okay, so what... What did you 
uh, hear in his sermon? Maybe what did you hear in um, maybe one of the songs? Uh, I know that when I uh, wrote down um, in our Sunday school lesson today, in Ezra, it told, Ezra said, rise up, rise up and to start doing what you need to be doing. In our song today, it was rise up to take a stand. And now, in, his, in your sermon, if we are who we are, we need to rise up. Uh, one of the, the books that we're studying, The Grace and Truth Paradox in uh, Coffee Shop, it's one of the, the books I base my ministry on, is that we have to have the truth of Christ and the grace of Christ. You can't have one without the other. And so we have called to, to rise up. So does anyone else maybe saw something or heard something that says, you know, we need to be doing something differently? Do not ask questions about conference. <laughs> Do not ask, yeah. Any questions from anyone? I'm going to get questions later, and then I'll send them to you. Okay, go right ahead. Um, but I think we all, uh, y'all. There you go. See, you started that with me again. It's a, it's a great um, I know. thing, yes. But we are holy, and, and so we are supposed to be, to show who we are to the world, it has to be truth and grace. Mm-hmm. Because we are, we're chosen. Exactly. And you're right, if they don't see the goodness, they need to see the truth, mm-hmm. but they, if we don't have the grace with it... Scripture says, speak the truth in love. In love. Amen? Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for uh, the message today. Lord, thank you for using Bruce and, and for not only the service, but for leading our congregation and, so, and for our, the conference. So Lord... We ask your blessings upon Bruce and Gloria and continue to guide him uh, in the next year as we make a transition. And Lord, continue to guide him. And Lord, because we know you're not done with them and we know that you've called them to ministry. So Lord, continue to guide them. And Lord, for us, thank you for choosing us. Let us now live a life that is holy, set apart with truth and grace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Uh, Bruce is going to be outside uh, to, to greet you. Uh, Gloria is going to be here. Gloria, it's always good to see you. Uh, and maybe Bruce sometimes. I'm just trying to get even. Okay. Anyway, let us pray. Gracious Lord, you know who we are. We, we have been chosen. So Lord, help us to act like you would want us to act, to follow you in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray and all of God's children said, amen.